Hello, everybody, and welcome back in to Let's Dive Deep Harry Potter. Rachel and I are on a roll. If you think we took a year off between last episode and this episode, you are wrong. We're actually recording it in the same sitting. Uh, just a friendly reminder for spoilers, if you have not read all the Harry Potter you want to read or watched all the Harry Potter you want to watch, go and do that before listening to this podcast, because we're spoiling everything. These have been out for a while. It's a retrospective look at Harry Potter. So go watch and read things until you're happy and then come back here. Also, there will be adult content. I swear a lot. I can't help it. I'm sorry. Rachel swears less than me, but also swears. And I make sex jokes and stuff. So if you would not like your children to listen to that, uh, don't put it on in front of them. If you would like your children to listen to that, I don't know if that's a good choice, but it's your choice. And I'm just warning you that I don't advise it. Are we cool? Are we ready to go, Rachel? Yeah, I just, I think it's funny that when we talk normally, I swear more than you, and then somehow in the recording. I definitely put it on for the podcast. I put on, I have my podcast persona, and he swears a little more. But that's okay. Everyone needs their podcast character, and I'm living my best life. Chapter 16, Through the Trap Door. Here is my recap of this chapter, which may or may not be accurate, but this is what I remember reading. It's exam time, but those never matter, so let's move on. Harry is having dreams and scar problems, while Ron is taking shots at Neville for no reason. At some point, these dreams activate Super Harry, and he is able to use his huge new Jimmy Neutron brain to logically deduce that Hagrid spilled the beans about the dog. They question Hagrid about these, and not only does he admit to spilling the beans about the dog, he does it in a way that also spills those same beans to the children. The children try to take this information to Dumbledore, fucking finally, but he's had to fly to the Ministry of Magic because flu powder and apparition have not been invented yet. These events all result in the trio needing to go uh, find the stone themselves. They first paralyze Neville, but afterwards face a series of obstacles in which each of them has a chance to shine. Ron gets clapped by a chess piece, and Hermione tells Harry he's a great wizard, despite Harry never showing a single time so far that he's particularly extraordinary at anything magical that isn't flying. And that is my recap of this chapter. That's a pretty good recap. You're into that I recap? Mean, it's, it, there's a lot of artistic liberty taken about my opinion on a few things. I mean, I think I'm going to keep with not reading what you write before we record. Because I used to, and I was like, okay, I know what to expect. I really wasn't expecting the Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> Dude, that is what happens. Something activates in Harry, and he's all of a sudden like... <laughs> fucking sherlock holmes and he's able yeah. to like just figure it out snap of the finger i got it isn't it inch like this no this is ridiculous yeah it, but it's amazing it's amazing <laughs> and it's fine but there's no way 11 year old harry potter is the most egregious and we're gonna get to it at the end the most egregious thing that's happened in this book so far is hermione just staring down harry dead in the eye despite the fact that she said to save these dunderheads a thousand times already and just look at me you're a great wizard harry is like, based on what he has not shown any remarkable skill at anything magical mm. any of like he's he can fly well but that's not going to help him in this room so that's the whatever right and every other positive attributing thing that we uh, give accolades to harry for is more about how he is as a person and less about his magical ability one thing in this entire book that he has done to convince Hermione that he's a great wizard. His cloak is given to him and is lucky that it's the best cloak ever. He can fly really well, but that's not enough for the great wizard tag from Hermione, who's a better wizard than he is. I'm trying to think of a single spell that he's cast. I can't even remember a single time Harry's cast a spell in this entire book. Other than a low, mm -hmm. uh, other than the Wingardium Leviosa lesson. That's ringing a bell. Mm -hmm. Anyways, okay, let's talk I'll... about this when we get there, because 
that pissed me off. I was like, Harry is not a great wizard, and Hermione, you know that. Don't let me forget that I have a counter argument to that, but we'll get to it. Okay. Um, Rachel, should a... Oh, sorry, I <laughs> I left out part of my recap. Uh, it's on a different page. Once these obstacles have been overcome, Harry opens the door and sees not Snape, not Voldemort, but fuck you, you need to wait till the next chapter. Rachel, should a professor have been fired? Yes, I said yes. Um, I said, I mean, Quirrell, for obvious reasons, was supposed to be down there. Uh, you don't know that he's the one down there because fuck you, wait for the next chapter. Right. Uh, but uh, spoiler alert, he is, so shouldn't have done that. Um, I gave it to McGonagall and Snape for just like knowing, absolutely 100% knowing that Harry, Ron, Hermione were going to do something fucking stupid and not being more attentive to that. That's I basically said, yeah, for not sitting outside the Gryffindor dormitory to make sure they didn't leave. Uh, and then you're going to be annoyed at me, but I said, Hagrid's still not a teacher. I know, this is a semantic thing but, where I keep fighting. This is like the yeah. ninth time this book where I've fired Hagrid, and you're like, he's not a teacher yet, which is fair, but I'm still but I But I would say, yeah, that's pretty bad. He should probably go. Yeah, that, that's what I went with. I, I, I was so... I had I had uh, Hogwarts professor firing trauma from the last chapter, so I just... Uh, you're right that it's McGonagall, yeah. it's Snape, it's Dumbledore, it's the whole crew of people that have been fired a hundred times getting fired again. I stuck with Hagrid for the most egregious one, which is just blatantly giving away state secrets to anyone who shows up and gets him drunk. Like, that is the first line yeah. of defense, and we just... We gotta make sure that first line of defense is not Hagrid. And I love Hagrid. Mm. I really do. And I, I thought, I thought after last chapter he was going to get fired and never be in these books again. But here we are, and he's back, <laughs> and he's just getting fired again. But it's okay because he gets fired this time, and it's never in these books again. He gets fired like a few times over the course of the series, doesn't he? I think so. Well, there's the next book where he gets framed by Book Voldemort for, you know, leading the charge. Or he gets framed. 50 years ago by Tom Riddle for doing the Chamber of Secrets and then they just blame yeah. him again despite knowing that he didn't yeah. do it. Anyways, uh, alternate chapter title. What is your <laughs> what is your alternate chapter title? Okay, so for context, I really liked uh, the, the Riddle puzzle. It wasn't the most like artfully written as a rhyme. Uh, but I thought they had a few nice lines in there, so I stole one of them. Uh, I would have called this this chapter The Danger Before You. Can I admit something to you? And it shames me to admit this. I didn't read oh. through it all this read-through. I've read this oh. book so many times, I didn't read the riddle. Okay, so for me... Okay, I love a good logic puzzle. When I was a kid... So, full disclaimer, I haven't reread these books in a very long time. Um, I'm going back to them for the first time in, in, in several many years. When I was a kid and I read the riddle, it was completely unsolvable to me. I could not visualize. Right, of course, that. yeah. I could not, like, I had no idea how Hermione could have figured it out. She was like the smartest person in the whole world for, for getting to that conclusion. When I was rereading it now, and kind of the reason that it took me so long to finish my notes... I was visualizing the cups in my head in an array and trying to figure out how Hermione would have figured out from those clues which cups were which. Uh, so I think I actually, I have I have an answer to that and how it, it would have looked. 
Um, but one of the lines in the riddle is, uh, danger lies before you and safety uh, is behind you. And I just liked the idea that once you cross this sh this threshold, it you will be looking forward to danger. And I think that's very true for Harry. It's very true for Ron and Hermione. It doesn't get safer going forward from here. So yeah. I, I liked that idea. So I went with the danger. Great word. chapter title. Um, for those viewers who forget, I may or may not mention this. I read these books every January. I try and read about 50 books a year. I'm on pace for like 40 this year, so I'm a bit behind, but that's okay. And I always try. I don't count them towards the total, right? Because that would be a little unfair. Um, but I try and read the seven Harry Potter books, so the, the first seven books of the year. I can usually do it in just under two weeks. And it just gets me in a reading groove because I fucking love these books so much. It just gets me in the groove of reading every single year. And so I've read this riddle a thousand times and i'm even going to double dip and compliment the riddle later in my notes that i did not read this time <laughs> but i have read the riddle so before you email me i have read this riddle a thousand times i do not need the emails about my not reading the riddle i just wanted to be forthright with everyone that i did mm -hmm. not read it this particular time it was i didn't have a lot of time i was taking notes i've read it before uh, my alternative chapter title is not even in the book <laughs> i'm so cheating i'm taking a line from the movie uh, we're going to get to the chess sequence, which is great in the book. It is definitely better in the fucking movie where <laughs> Hermione and like this, the dialogue is so funny and the acting is so bad. And it's you have like, to do it in the voice. I, I took the like, Ron, no, there has to be another way. <laughs> that was the, that was the <laughs> title and the line. That's my, ten favorite, ten. that's my favorite line in the movie it's, for sure that whole chess sequence is so funny and that was my alternative chapter title. yeah once i make my move <laughs> you have to take the king ron no <laughs> no ron <laughs> see at and least in the at least in the book he gets like concussed or some shit in the in the in the movie he just falls off and like lands on his shoulder yeah yeah, the Queen just just like claps him in the temple. Yeah, like, this is potential death for Ron in this chapter. Like, I don't know if Ron's gonna play chess again after this. All right, we're gonna start this chapter with me being a nitpicker. Um, okay. This is the only time in any of these books I did not realize this happened. The first three lines of this chapter are narrated by the narrator from the future, not in the current moment. It says, "In the years to come." Harry would never remember why blank blankety blank. Where is this narrator from? Mm -hmm. This is the I only, noticed that too. This is the only time this happens. We frequently get narration from other characters in this book. It's mostly from Harry's perspective throughout the series. We frequently get in this book some changes where Hermione's perspective is the one during Quidditch when she lights Snape's robes on fire. Um, we get some chapters later with like Bella and Snape and the prime ministers and all that. And the beginning of book four and the beginning of book seven that are Harry's not even there. So they're not from his perspective. I don't think we've ever gotten narration from the future. Like where in this, is this like book five, Harry narrating that like, oh shit. I just, so, yeah, it just struck me as so weird that JK would just change the narration for three lines and then never do that again. Yeah, and also it like it really depends on when in the future because like obviously going forward a lot more shit is gonna happen. I don't think adult Harry even thinks for a second about 
his exams at first year. Yeah, no, it's it's just a bad, it's just bad bit of writing here at the beginning. And I I praise the writing in these books a lot, so I just wanted to point out when it doesn't work for me, it's weird. It's a weird yeah. flip of the narration. I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. No, I I noticed that too. It jumped out to me. It's a little weird. Okay, we got exams. <laughs> Mm-hmm. This is giving me university trauma. I hated exams. I I liked the exams. Just the I hated exams because none of the other none of the professors kind of understood that you had four other exams, and mm-hmm. so they kind of just like their exam was super important to them. But the fact that you had four other ones at a time didn't matter to them at all. And so like each individual professor was just giving you more work than you could possibly do. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that kind of sucked so i'm i am like one of those people being like i did my exam so i'm happy these 11 year olds are struggling <laughs> you're just trying to pass on the trauma i'm passing on my exam trauma to these 11 year olds and i just also like that exams in harry potter never matter like even like they make a big deal of the owls and the newts or whatever and then the second they mm-hmm. might matter slughorn just comes in to be like just kidding none of that mattered <laughs> You don't have to do any of that. And it's like, and then Fred and George fail all their exams, but they just get to be at Hogwarts fucking around anyway. So it's like, that doesn't, none of it matters. None of it, none of it matters. It's more, it's, I feel like it's taking, oh crap, what's the name of that test in the States? SAT? Yeah, they take the, the SATs. I feel like the owls are like the wizarding version of that. And it's like, how high paid do you want to be when you get out of Hogwarts? But not, but like kind of, but like in one book, they just cancel all the end of year exams. So they don't like, they don't matter. And it, like, I just, <laughs> none of it matters. <laughs> we're just vaguely told. But then even when they do matter to get into the aura program, we know that post Harry Potter, Ron is an aura, which is bonkers. And he didn't pass all those exams. So at some point they stop. Ma- like as soon as they need to matter, they just don't matter at all. Mm-hmm. Exams don't matter. The curriculum isn't set. Like in the next book, mm. Lockhart is allowed to assign his own trivia as coursework. So like, there's no curriculum. There's these exams don't matter. They're studying for nothing. They could fail all these exams and end up in the <laughs> same exact spot. Yeah, and I love the, some of the exams are so silly. Like they're like, don't don't you worry. They didn't just write exams. They had to make a pineapple dance, <laughs> turn a mouse into a snuff box. What is a snuff box? Oh, um, I'm assuming where you keep tobacco. Yeah, I I feel like that like that would have been my guess, but it feels like a weird thing to have children do. To make a snuff box, yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, then, I like if I was eleven, like if I was eleven in so like in, this book is in ninety. It's set in the nineties. If I was eleven in the nineties and they told me to turn something into an ashtray, ashtrays were ubiquitous when I was a kid in the early two thousands as like an item i didn't obviously i wasn't like no one encouraged me to smoke but i knew what an ashtray was and it wasn't weird for me to like my mom for me because my mom smoked when i was a kid it would not be weird for you like hey can you go get the ashtray for me like that would be a a a normal thing you would ask of a child i think i gotta double check that a snuff box is an ashtray. no i i googled it while you were talking it's not quite an ash it's used for containing snuff a mixture of ground tobacco and scented oils very popular in the 18th century which is, as we all know, when Harry Potter is set. So great job, J.K. Nailing Excellent. the nailing the timeline here. <laughs> and then uh, I also really liked that Snape had them uh, trying to remember how to make a forgetfulness potion. That's I pretty that, funny. That was just like a nice little 
That's pretty funny. I enjoyed that there's a 1636 werewolf code of conduct. It just got my like, what is in this code of conduct? Is this a code of conduct for how people should treat werewolves? Or is this a code of conduct for how werewolves should be werewolves? Does it say like code of conduct point one werewolves shall not bite humans. Point yeah. number two, werewolves shall avoid a full moon unless impossible to do so. Like, what is in this werewolf code of conduct? Werewolves shall not murder people. Yeah, and then I I thought it was funny that this line was in here because I think it's actually like a funny instance of like JK forgetting that she's included something because in the third book, Hermione says she recognized Lupin because of everything that Snape made them read about werewolves in class. If she was learning about the werewolf code of conduct in first year, she probably would have been able to recognize a bit sooner. I bet you in the werewolf code of conduct, it's like werewolves shall not be teachers at a school with children. <laughs> but that's discrimination. I also have questions about, this is the last chapter, but they were seeming like really, really concerned about werewolves just being in the forbidden forest. So my question is like, how many feral werewolves are there? Are they wolves most of the time? Can they make that choice? I have questions, but that's for last chapter, and I missed my opportunity to ask that question. Oh, we'll get many Fenrir Greyback opportunities to talk about feral werewolves, so don't worry. Yes. Uh, Ron, just elite for a while here. <laughs> we get the line, <laughs> it was too hot for Ron to get worked up. That was so funny. I I've, loved that. I've been there. It's I get it. It's too. I work outside in the summer. I get it. It's, it's too hot for me to care. That happens yeah. all the time, where it's like someone will do something that I ask them specifically not to do. And it's 35 degrees, and I'm like, or if you're in America, it's a bazillion. I don't know. Your system's stupid. Sorry. We, this is a Celsius podcast, and you Fahrenheit heads can get the fuck out of here and do your own translation. It was 35 degrees, and whatever that is to you Americans, I don't know. But it was hot, it was and hot. I didn't care. <laughs> the hotter it is, the less I care about your weird temperature system. But that's okay. Uh, then he just dunks on Neville. What what I love about, like, what, what's so fun about, it happens with Ron and it happens with Malfoy, but it basically happens with all the characters, is JK is really good at writing the characters at their ages. I think she's most good at this in the teenage, like, books four or five with, like, the romancy stuff. I think that's when she's most mm -hmm. capturing the essence of being the age that the characters are. Um, but when it comes to needing to dunk on people, she just makes them, every single character, when necessary, an elite level like like just quit master right like there's no point where a character utters a lame joke or an age appropriate joke like the second any character needs to make a funny joke about another character it does not matter who it is they are an elite level destroyer of the human spirit uh ron says neville will play quidditch for england before hagrid lets dumbledore down just what neville's not even there he's just catching strays for no reason but also that's such a good joke like I laughed out loud. It's so funny. And it's just, yeah, what an elite performance from Ron. It sucks to be Neville, but so funny. Okay, can I raise a gripe? Of course. Okay, so I don't remember which chapter. I know it was the Halloween one with the troll. I don't remember what number it is. They're literally at the end of that chapter. The, the implication is you can't go through something like that without becoming friends. In something like that being Harry put uh, Harry Hermione putting her neck on the line to try and get that was Ron them becoming friends with Hermione trouble. because up until that point she was yes. bossy and weird and they made her cry in the bathroom and whatever. Yes, 
And then in the last chapter, and I guess a little bit of the chapter before that, Neville leaves the dorm at the risk of trouble to try to tell them that Malfoy's been following them. We forgot to talk yeah. about that. Elite performance from Neville last chapter. Puts his neck on the line for the gang. And yeah. this is what he gets for it. And we're still treating him like shit. This is I'm, what he gets. Ron is still made, a little bitch. You made Hermione one of your best friends for doing this exact thing. And now Neville does it. And he gets doesn't even get peanuts. He just gets <laughs> shit on. And also By Ron. Like if it was like by, by Ron. Ron. And also this dig is fucking wrong because Hagrid did let Dumbledore down. He told Quirrell the secret about Fluffy. And Neville's not playing for Quidditch. So fuck you, Ron, in this instance. I usually love you, but just right now. Oh, I am pro fuck you, Ron, for most things. So that's okay. <laughs> I always take the fuck you, Ron position for most of these books. <laughs> I honestly, honestly, I wonder if you completely took Ron out of Harry Potter, how much worse Harry Potter is. It's worse. Ron, it's good to have Ron here. But if you kept the rest of the Weasleys and had another way for Harry to enter the Weasleys life, if you took Ron specifically out of the story and all the other and like all of the rest of it got glued over in some way, I'm not sure how much worse Harry Potter is. Oh, okay. I think if you take Ron out of the movies... As Ron is in the movies, very little difference. Ron is basically, and it frustrates me to no end. Uh, he's used as like comedic foil in the movies. He's like, haha, very funny, silly, tall man. He does goofy things. In the books, though, he's like, he's an emotional anchor for Harry. Yeah, I think these books are undeniably worse without Ron. I'm not advocating yeah. for his exclusion. It's more that I'm trying to figure out how much worse the books are. And I don't know if they're that much worse. I think they're a lot worse. I don't think Harry gets, like, who's going to give him shit if it's not Ron, Ron and Hermione? But also, Harry never make, but, ne but Harry never makes the connection with Hermione if Ron's not there. Okay. This is a debate that no one's going to... And also a debate that I'm going to lose because most people will agree with you in this one. So I'm just going to skip ahead before people... If you are currently writing an email, you could stop. Ron is important and he matters. And this is a pro-Ron podcast. And the Ron slander is over until the next time he does stuff. Until the next time we slander Ron. Until the next time I slander Ron, which will probably happen some point soon. Um, Harry gets activated. What specifically activates this? Who knows? He's just, he takes a line of coke and immediately, like, it's so funny what Harry does here. He is just living his life. And then it just comes into place. Like, he's achieved his Sherlock mind palace. And he immediately just so instantly understands exactly what happened to Hagrid. He's like, oh, yeah, Hagrid, he's a fucking idiot. And so he probably gave it away to this other guy about the egg. And it's such a dink that... The only thing Hagrid wanted was a dragon egg. And then this dude comes up. And so they go to talk to Hagrid about this. And this is so funny because Hagrid doesn't even realize that he's messed up, which is unbelievable because he had one job, which was not to tell this to somebody. But the only thing I could think about, because I've watched House of the Dragon since this happened, is that Quirrell like sitting in the pub with his House of the Dragon murder cloak. What is the cinematography situation in this pub? How on earth does putting like a hood over your head? mean that Hagrid couldn't identify any features of you? 
right? Mm -hmm. They're playing cards, so you assume that there's enough light in the area to play. I just have so many logical questions about the lighting and the murder hoodie and the whatever <laughs> that was happening. But it's, yeah, Harry takes a line of coke and just elevates in this chapter. Oh, yeah, no, he goes full, he goes full Super Saiyan. Yeah, because, he's on another like, level. It's just a logical jump that I never would have thought about because he goes, he goes from, it's suspicious that Hagrid would have gotten a dragon egg. Who would have known that Hagrid would have wanted one? What would they have wanted from Hagrid if they knew that he wanted a dragon egg? What does Hagrid know that could be useful to someone who wanted something from Hagrid? And then he he gets to the yeah, fact it's that it's a lot of dot connecting. That's what makes it's, it so impressive. Which is it, it, when I was eleven, I was worried about whether or not I had like seventy five cents for a Mars bar from the vending machine. That's yeah. gonna. And I understand we live in a world where there are eleven year old chess grandmasters, and this is something eleven year olds can do. However, Harry is not that eleven year old. Harry's Harry not. is mostly a dunderhead who's good at flying. So. <laughs> Like, this Harry's is not... Dog. But it's even funnier is this happens again in book seven where he's trying yeah. to find the diadem and he's just walking around and then instantly in his head it just clicks. He's like, it was fucking in the room. Uh, Voldemort thought I would go to Ravenclaw Tower and then he sent the people there so it must be a Ravenclaw thing. And then uh, if the person alive has not seen it, then we got to ask a dead person. So I'm going to ask the dead person and she's going to say it's the diadem and then the diadem's going to be in the room of requirement because I've seen the fucking diadem in the room of requirement. It's like he does this one more time he does this now and he does this one more time in book seven and every single moment in between those two times he is significantly more stupid than this version of harry potter which just elevates out of nowhere to solve the problem it just, it's it's absolutely wild like if like uh i sorry i'm i'm in my mind i'm going off topic because i'm thinking about all the problems he could have avoided if he just he used this just, superpower yeah, more yeah, If he had found his mind palace, right? Like the Sirius in book five is a great example. Yes. In, in, book, in book five, Hermione tells him what is happening and he still can't figure it out. And yet that is so in contrast to this version of Harry Potter, who is 11, who does not even have all the information and is able to yeah. so easily and convincingly put all the pieces together and be correct. It's incredible. Elite performance. Yeah, it's like 10 out of 10. I, I feel like I said this in one of the earlier episodes. It's like an incredible jump of logic. Very lucky that he's right, though. Because it's either the most perfect deduction or the most ridiculous. Idea. Yeah, people are letting JK off the hook for this deus ex machina. She is significantly yeah. increasing the problem-solving abilities of one of her characters to solve a problem. Mm -hmm. But we're 11 and we're having a good time, so it's fine. We're uh, Yeah, I allow it. I allow it. It's fun. It's fun to see Harry do this. Um, I've already talked about all the problems I had with the cards and the cloak. And like, I want to know the logistics of this pub they were in. Also love the time and tester tradition. I'm like this. You want to get shit out of me? Get me a few drinks, man. I yeah. will. I will spill the beans. Mm -hmm. do, do not give me a secret mm -hmm. that you are absolutely sure you don't want me to tell somebody else because after if, now people have to look for it. I won't volunteer your secrets, but if you give me a secret, that another mutual person in our in our like life really wants to know and they know they can come to me to find it and they give me some whiskey, it's going to be a problem. So if you give me a secret, I'm not just going to volunteer it. There's a 99% chance 
it's going to be fine. But if you give me a secret that you don't want Susie to know, but Susie knows that I know, and Susie brings me a bottle of wine and kind of like softens me up a bit, I'm probably telling Susie the secret, and I'm so sorry. So I sympathize with Hagrid. I get it. Yeah, it, like in my line of work, I have to keep secrets. Every, pretty much everything about what I do is a secret for confidentiality reasons. Uh, so as soon as you get me talking about anything that isn't work, especially if there's wine, like doubly true. Right, your brain is like so used to having a key. It's almost like a release when you can just spill secrets. You're like, oh, if I can just just things about me like yeah, it's yeah, never yeah. worked it's like let me tell you something that i shouldn't tell you yeah, because yeah. there's so like things fun. that i shouldn't tell you it's right. like catharsis right okay uh dumbledore has to fly so actually let's talk about this the kids okay the kids actually for the first time in forever try and do the correct thing and go to dumbledore <laughs> and mm -hmm. conveniently he's not there great play from quarrel quarrel de mort to get dumbledore out of here i love these moments though when you can tell it happens so many times with the talking patronuses which we'll talk about once we learn about patronuses um but it's so fun when you just know that jk has not invented a thing yet therefore it can't be used like there is no reason for dumbledore to fly to the ministry of magic because this takes a whole day this is they're yeah. going they're going in the morning and they don't go under the treasure till the evening so Dumbledore is just on a broom freezing over the top of Scotland during this time, flying hours to the ministry. When we both know that like the flu powder exists and apparition exists, and he is a notorious port key maker. He spends all of book yeah. five making his own port keys. And so like, there's no reason for Dumbledore to be flying to the ministry. I, I have a headcanon for this. That's kind of like it's so obviously just, I like how you have it's so obvious that JK just didn't invent these things yet which is totally fine but I want to hear your no, head I believe it uh, but like she absolutely didn't know the flu powder was a thing but in my head Dumbledore and Fudge already don't get along Fudge does not like Dumbledore Dumbledore finds Fudge kind of annoying I really like the idea that if Fudge contacted Dumbledore and he was, or like fake Fudge or whatever, uh, whoever actually contacted Dumbledore was like, we need you to come to the ministry right now. The Dumbledore's has to be like, okay, I'll get on my way immediately. But he's such a petty bitch that he chooses the slowest magical way to get there. Sure. Or he's going to port key in later, but he's just like, mm -hmm. at the, he's at the pub, but he's at the three broomsticks. Yeah, he's, he's at the hog's head or whatever. With a broom in hand so he can pretend that he flew right. there. It's probably that she hadn't invented flu powder apparating yet. I think it's a lot funnier if Dumbledore's a petty bitch. All right, we'll go with Dumbledore's a petty bitch. That is funnier. So we're going to go that. I clocked, speaking of uh, Mr. Fudge, I clocked that McGonagall tells the kids like, Hey, do you, is what you have to do more important than the Ministry of Magic? First off, yes. Like, I think, if, yeah. first off, when the kids tell you what it is they're doing, you blow them off pretty quickly. Second, have you met the Ministry of Magic? I've met these people. Everything is more important than what they're doing. Even the best of them are useless. Arthur Weasley works at the Ministry, and everything he's in charge of is a mess. He's bad at his job, and he's the nicest one who works the hardest. So... Yeah, I don't understand what, like, who, which ministry is she meeting? She clearly has not read the other books in the series. I don't think Arthur Weasley's bad at his job. Rachel, he's in charge of muggles. Like, his whole thing is muggle relations. He calls it echeltricity. He doesn't know how to count muggle money, despite the fact it's just numbers on paper. And he knows the numbers on the paper. 
I got the impression he was, he's like muggle affairs. So I thought, and based on like some of the stuff that he did, that he does, or like we're told that he does, I thought he was responsible for like taking care of when muggles are exposed to magic. This is what I'm saying. It's like for someone who is so pro-muggle and so into the, like this is the best one on the team. Arthur Weasley's a, a champion. He's doing good work. And yet yeah. he is, knows nothing about his field of expertise or the area he works in. I will point these out to you. It happens a dozen times where Arthur Weasley just says, oh, it happens at the phone booth or the, no, no, it happens at the ticketing station for the tube when they're yeah, going to the ministry the or whatever. It's like, how do you not know how to count the money? It's numbers. Same with like the muggle dress code in the Goblet of Fire. And it's like, just, just mm -hmm. look at them. Do you have eyes? Like I mean, you literally have seven kids. He's busy. He is busy. Oh, let's talk about it. He's still got the marks, Rachel. Do you remember that? Mrs. Weasley saying that they used to sneak out and he's got marks? I don't know what the fuck they were doing. Stuff. Making an eighth kid. Yeah, that's exactly right. Oh, my God. Okay, sorry. We're going to move on here, but I, I'm I'm holding to my take that Arthur Weasley is, is not good at his job. And it's fine because he's a nice man and not everyone needs to be good at their job. And the entire ministry is bad at their job, with the small exception of Kingsley Shacklebolt. And a few side characters like Amelia Bones. There's a few side characters that are doing their job well, but Kingsley's the only one in the main crew that is doing good work, I think. Okay, well, I hear your opinion, but I do not agree with it. Okay. I mean, look, we're going to get to book six, Ginny, which is the oh, best... God which is the best the Weasleys get. And I know I'm doing a lot of Ron slander and a lot of Arthur slander. Molly is elite throughout. I will never have any Molly slander. Bill and Charlie, I will have the opposite. I want more of them in my story. Mm -hmm. Percy mm -hmm. sucks, but that's fine. Mm. One of them has So to like, I just, I mean, I'm in this Weasley hole right now where I keep taking shots at the Weasleys. I will bring my way out of it as we go through the books. Okay, well, I'll All right. you too, yeah. Um, one of the professors can give Hermione 112% on an exam. This goes in with the rules of Quidditch. I think this is just silly. If you can get 112% on an exam, then we need to change the parameters of the exam because the whole point of having a percentage system from zero to 100 is, is that you can't go over the... Anyways, it's okay. Um, Neville decides to stand up to the squad. Dumbledore has flown to the ministry. They got to get under the cloak and go out. Uh, Neville is going to stop them. They've broken enough rules, man. They've taken enough points away. They're going to get in trouble. Uh, and, and Ron told him to stand up to people, <laughs> but not them, which is so funny. And Hermione paralyzes him. Fuck you, Neville. Like this is like ne the Neville. It just, it never works out for him. Does it? Yeah. He just can't, can't catch a break in this book, except for like right at the very end where he catches the biggest break and everyone loves him. But it just like poor guy, like Trevor runs away. He's going to find Trevor. He hears that his friends are doing this dumb shit, the dumb shit they just got in trouble for. He's like, please don't. I'll fight you physically to make sure you don't do this. It just. I do like, though, that Harry and Ron, again, we're about to call Harry a great wizard, which blows. I like how both of oh, them. Yeah need Hermione to solve the problem because they all like Neville like and I like Neville and he gets a bad rep this book and for multiple other books until he levels up but 
<laughs> he is not an extraordinary wizard. He's not using his own wand, even, you know? Like, Harry and Ron should have the magical capability to get past Neville if they need to get out of this room. And they need to turn to Hermione to be like, Hey, Hermione, can you do something about this? We can't, we can't fight. The two of us together can't possibly fight yeah. off Neville. You got to deal with this. And yet, we're about to call Harry a great wizard. I'm just stacking up the evidence for my take later. But Harry and Ron should be able to solve this problem. And they can't. But Hermione can paralyze him, so it's fine. We're moving on. Yeah. I mean, like, they could definitely beat him up. It's like two against one. It's 11-year-olds. Like, unless Neville does the tried and true lie on back, kick with your legs, Harry and oh, Ron. So you're talking physical. I'm talking, like, magically. Well, Neville, Neville was talking physically. He, like, raises his fist. I He's, know, like, yeah. ready to go. But this is what I'm saying. All these people are not good wizards. They should be able to magically do this. Like, Neville doesn't know any spells, so he's got to punch him. Harry and Ron don't know any spells, so they've got to fight him. It's only Herm Hermione knows a spell <laughs> can deal with it. How, how many 11-year-olds would you trust with something like Petrificus Totalis, though? It's not many. Well, I, like, my point probably... is, like, the other three dunderheads in this scene, none of them know any magic yeah. that could... <laughs> Like, they just don't know any magic. They're just going to fight okay. each other. <laughs> and then... But one of them's a great wizard, so it's fine. Mm -hmm. all right we're moving on i'm just full of takes today i'm in a mood today There's so many hot takes I, i'm just bringing here. the heat in these chapters god i love <laughs> i love doing these books they're so fun um we move on we're in the hallway we're getting to the trap door uh so many fun things ron wants to kick the cat <laughs> oh more foreshadowing he hates cats <laughs> Ron wants to kick Filch's cat, which is so funny, but not funny at all. But like, Man. just because it's just when she writes Ron, it's just these one liners. Ron was too hot to get flustered or whatever. Or Ron was too hot to get worked up. And then it just forgets it. Ron wanted to kick the cat and then it just moves on. Yeah. So I mean, snitches get stitches. So funny. And um, Harry does an impression of the Bloody Baron to scare Peeves. Logistically, I'm not sure how possible this is. But since we don't canonically have a voice for the Bloody Baron, I'm assuming he sounds like an 11-year-old Gryffindor student. Whispering croakily. Yeah. Whispering croakily. We'll just give Harry this one. <laughs> this is where he shows his wizard greatness in his impressions yeah, of the ghost. Great. And then in his music skills. He can fly good. He can play the flute, kind of. And he can impersonate the Bloody Baron. That is the three hallmarks of a great wizard, I've been told. Hmm. What else? Is he good at anything else? He gets real fucking good at Expelliarmus. He gets real um, good at the Patronus. I'm not taking away Harry being a great wizard in general. I'm just Hermione says it in this chapter. And so I'm just trying to pull evidence up until the point of this chapter. When we get to the end of Harry Potter, if the take is Harry's a great wizard, we can stack evidence on both sides and have a debate about that. I think it's arguable. But at this moment, I think it's undeniable that Harry is a shitty wizard who doesn't know a single spell. <laughs> like he doesn't know he, he doesn't know any spells. He doesn't know any magic. He can fly really good. And that's it. You're going to be really annoyed at me when I finally tell you why I disagree. <laughs> that's okay. It's going to be for some non-magical interpersonal bullshit about what a good person he is. Because that's what we disagree about. Anyways, they get to the door. God, this is so fun. They get to the door and Fluffy gets knocked out by the music. It's great. There's a great little bit of they find a harp there, which is the lead. <laughs> I guess you can magic yourself a harp. Most cumbersome instrument to bring to like bring a ukulele something light something easy you don't you, harry shows that you don't even need to play it good and so like just like a violin maybe something small 
right? This is like one step before bringing a grand piano to just... <laughs> Anyways, they go into the thing and we get some elite. This is truly elite writing. Harry showcasing his bravery, which if, is this, if this is one of your reasons why he's a great wizard, it has nothing to do with magic, but that's okay. He falls on, he jumps in, he's going to do it first. He's going to save his friends. If there's a thing he's going to land on, he's the one who's going to take the fall. So that's great. Good, good work, Harry. You're a good guy. He falls, says it's good. They both, the other two fall in. Uh, Ron and Harry, who again are not good wizards, have no fucking idea what this thing is, despite the fact they learned what it was and how to deal with it. So even when they're told the magic, they can't remember it. And Hermione, for the first, the second time, no, because Ron does the club thing with the troll earlier. So this is Hermione for the first time, maybe, but not for the last time. Um, saves the boys who would have died without her, which is amazing. And we get the elite iconic line from Ron, are you a witch or not? Which is going to come back in book seven in the best possible way. And I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I love like, are you a witch or not? My British accent is really bad. Um... I, I love it, although I think the movie probably captures the urgency of this scene a little better than the books. I, I'd agree with that. My, mem my memory of the movie. Although it is really hard to write in, in an extremely tense way um, that children are being suffocated by plants, so I would understand visually how it's more effective. <laughs> Yeah, I just can't get over the fact that Ron and Harry know what this magic is, know what the plant is, learned about it in class, and not only learned what the plant was, learned how to deal with it, because it's a level one, like year one thing that you should be magically capable of. And yet neither of them, like under pressure, under pressure, you need Hermione there. She she can pull it out under under the under the lights at a 9 p.m. start time. It's pouring rain. <laughs> You need a you need a high level performance to win the championship. Hermione's who you want captaining your team. Cause she pulls it out under pressure. Yeah, and she's a fucking badass. And I think the boys are quick to recognize that, you know, they they were wrong to give her such shit earlier in the books. They don't say it, but like I think they know. Yeah, a certain amount of we'd be dead if you weren't here does do that to a person. It does make you appreciate someone more when they are constantly the reason you don't have to hurt yourselves to figure this problem out. Um, mm. These challenges, now that I'm done kind of going off on a fun riff for a little bit, these challenges are genuinely mm. delightful. I like the I like the idea that each professor kind of got a chance to create a fun, unique challenge. I like that these challenges are sufficiently interesting. I do like how I'm not convinced that the challenges are sufficiently difficult for the thing they're protecting. Mm -hmm. However, the story gets the out of Quirrell doing a lot of these first, which makes them easy enough for the 11 year olds to do. So I kind of don't get the opportunity to figure out how difficult they would have been otherwise. When you get to the key, the, the one that they need is already kind of broken a little bit, the wing, because Quirrell used it. The troll is already knocked out. Um, so the story gets a pass as to why the kids are able to accomplish these challenges. And then when you get to the potions, uh, we'll talk about the chest in a second. When you get to the potions, Hermione mm -hmm. genuinely needs to like figure out the riddle and do the potions. They're probably self-filling. Like There's not an obvious one that's been half drunk out of or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. So that's pretty cool. And then, yeah, Ron needs to be good at chess, which he is, and that's great. 
I I loved all these challenges. I think my biggest gripe with uh, with the first book is that we only get to see. Um, you mean the movie? Sorry, yeah, the movie. So we only get to see the devil snare, the keys, and the chest. Right. The potion room of all of all of the challenges was my favorite. So I, I think was it's really my favorite too. That we didn't get to see that because I think everyone gets a chance to shine. Again, I do think, like, I don't know if they're hard enough. Um, but it almost doesn't matter because it, they have been done. Like, I, I like yeah. the story has that out, that we don't have to worry about it because they're meant to be easier than they would have been. Yeah. The only thing I question is the, is the, is the potion one because it's supposed to be a defense. So if you know, if you did it, you know how to get in. You don't need to leave a riddle there. The point is that no one should be able to get in. You just put seven cups there and write nothing. Yeah, you're you're right that the premise of this is a little silly because it is meant to be a yeah, it's meant to be a prohibitive thing. So yeah. not having a riddle at all is more prohibitive mm -hmm. than having the riddle. I get you. I get you. There's some g genuine delight in these ones where like they kind of all have to participate in all of them, except for Ron and mm -hmm. the potions because he's already knocked out from the chest. But yeah, like, exactly. like not only do each, does each person get a chance to shine, it contrasts against the other two that aren't shining. So in the flying, mm -hmm. Harry gets to be a seeker, not for nothing. He was the greatest seeker in a generation or whatever. And it's like, cool, good for you. And then like even, okay, I'm going to just dunk on Harry one more time. The line is, not for nothing, he was the youngest seeker in a generation. Great line, perfect sense. That explains to me why he'd be good at the flying challenge. But then it says, which made him more perceptive at seeing things other people don't. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like, that's not what you're good at. You are not good at seeing things other people don't. In fact, one of your biggest character traits is that you're not actually good at seeing things other people don't. And seeing the snitch is not the issue. A lot it's catching the snitch. Seeing the snitch is hard. But I've I've read these books and there's a lot of Quidditch games where other people who aren't the seekers, sometimes even the commentators, are sufficiently able to find the snitch flying around. Harry's skill set is in acquiring the snitch and flying and grabbing and that kind of thing. It's not in the visually seeing part of it. So this took me out a little bit where I was like, it's not what Harry's strength in this challenge is. He's not better at seeing things that other people's aren't, but he is good at flying and catching those things. So he flies and he catches the key and he puts it in and it's awesome. And I loved it. And even funnier is the contrast here is that Ron flies face first into the wall. And it's so funny. Yeah. I, I don't disagree enough with you that I want to go off about it, but I think like he has, he has enough practice that like he knows that he should be looking for something different. Like maybe it's not his most natural talent, but he's a, he has enough practice to know he should be looking for distinguishing features. Although I did th think it was really funny that you said his talent isn't in seeing because he needs glasses. I had that thought as I was saying it, but it's not, <laughs> that's not, he's, he's good at identifying the snitch and perhaps better than average, but specifically mm. the thing that he's good at is the flying. Yes. That is his strength as a seeker. It's the flying and the grabbing of the snitch, not the seeing it. Other people see the snitch. It's not a eh, it's not a problem. Right. Even if you're bad at seeing the snitch, once the other seeker finds it, you just follow them and you're at the snitch. Like that's not the thing here. Anyways, that took me out a little bit. I'm just looking for ways to dunk on Harry. 
Yeah. I did appreciate Lon, the, uh, Lon, Ron, though, in this, because he just, like, looks at the lock on the door, and he's like, based on the lock, this is the kind of... He becomes, like, an antiquarian, based on the age of the door, and the metal of the thing, and the, you need a big silver one. <laughs> like, what is this level of knowledge that you have? Why do you know this? We're letting it go. But it's funny. Impre yeah. Impressive nonetheless. It's so, it's so good. So they're flying around and Harry does the key, but then they get to the chest and Ron, I'm going to dunk on him, but not for the chest. He is genuinely good at the chest. It's a great challenge. I'm not sure what would prompt this to be a, a defense that a professor of Hogwarts would put in front of an object as a chess game, but hey, it's yeah. fine. It's here and Ron's good at it. So that's all good. Um, chess is hard. Uh, and it's harder when you are the pieces. Like, I struggle playing chess if I'm not over top of the board, right? Like, you can play, like, even on chess.com, there's different views. And I literally struggle more playing chess depending on the viewpoint that I'm in. And if I was at the viewpoint of one of the pieces, I would have a way harder time, like, logically figuring out because I rely mm -hmm. so much on being over top of the board to see all the pieces. That. So it's genuinely impressive. I do wonder what ELO the chess was, like... Put at because if I'm if I'm a wizard, I'm just like setting it at Grandmaster Elo, and then even Ron, as good as he is, isn't. You know what I mean? Like, there are some people who dedicate their entire life to chess and don't become grandmasters. Like, I don't know why they're setting the Elo this low, but that's okay. Yeah, and just for the record, those of you that don't play video games as much of us, Elo is basically like an expected level of video. Video games stole it from chess. Chess created Elo, and video games just stole it. So they've it's existed long before video games. Okay, well, in either case, in case you were not familiar with that term, it's basically how hard do you want this game to be? Yeah, like I'm, I'm guessing this chess board is set like twelve fifty Elo, and Ron's like above average for an eleven year old. But it could, it, you could have set it at twenty four fifty, and only Magnus Carlson could have got the stone, and then it would have been like a sufficient defense of your stone, you know. It's kind of like the it's kind of like the other ones where it's like was this hard enough? If Ron as good as he is at chess can solve it, is that hard enough? Um, the main thing though isn't the difficulty of the chess. The Ron has to sacrifice himself. That's how chess works. You're gonna have to. You're there's no one who wins a game of chess without losing a few pieces. So uh, Ron's gonna have to take himself out, and he sees what the chess pieces are doing. They're like getting hit and being dragged around, and he he takes it on the chin. The protests are so much better in the movie. Um, the yeah. lines are better in the movie. The acting is obviously, there's no acting in the book, but it's so bad in the movie that it's hilarious. And it's just less fun in the book, I think. Like, the movie does such a good job with this scene. It's just less fun in the book. But it's good for Ron, who who genuinely steps yeah. up, uses the things he's good at. He walked into it. This was perfectly curated to be the best thing Ron could do. Like, Right? Mm -hmm. But hey, he's good at it, and he pulls through, and he makes a personal sacrifice to get the team through to the end. So he's a team player, and I appreciate that with Ron. Good work, Ron. Yeah, and he was also, like, he was obviously very distracted, but they mentioned in the book, like, he noticed when they were getting in danger and he pulled them back. So he made the choice not to sacrifice their pieces or them, but he was willing to sacrifice himself. And, yeah, I just think it's, it's a level of, a level of awareness that we really wouldn't have, have attributed to Ron before this because he's like, I'm going with you. We're doing this. We're in this together. But here he recognizes, this is my role. This is what you need me for. I will finish this for you. Go ahead. 
I guess the challenge being difficult would have been you're, you're not used to having three people. So it's like the one yeah. person would have had to step in and then win the game without themselves being taken out. Mm -hmm. Which I suppose is the challenge. But yeah, chess was great. We're moving on to the potions. I have some questions about the potions. But hey, the first thing I want to shout out is even though I did not read the riddle this time through, I've read it before. JK mm -hmm. is so good at these riddles. They're fun enough. They're exciting enough. They pull you in enough. This is very difficult stuff to write. You have to be kind of willing and wanting to figure it out with the characters. And it has to be easy enough that an 11-year-old Hermione can figure it out, but engaging enough that like an adult reader is having fun. She does this with the Sphinx challenge in book four really well. Uh, she does this with the Ravenclaw passwords when you learn in book seven that you have to like guess the passwords. Like both of the questions mm -hmm. that are asked to Luna and McGonagall are interesting and their answers are also fascinating. And so she just is really good with these like riddles and things to, to make them make sense for the story, but also be engaging for the reader. And hey, Hermione figures it out. Surprise, surprise, the smartest person ever solves this problem. Yeah, I spent like an embarrassing amount of time trying to figure out if I could place the potions in my head. And I, I narrowed down, I think, five of them, and then two of them are still... But you but you wouldn't be able to know the two of them unless you saw the size of the bottles. Right. So, so you've figured out everything you can figure out. Yeah. So I think going from the left, it would be poison and then nettle. And then you get the two where you don't know where one of them is poison and one of them is the one where you go through. And the one where you go through would just be uh, the smallest one of those two. And then it would be poison again, and then more nettle wine, and then uh, the potion that sends you back. Uh, if you agree with that, please let me know, because I'd be really happy if I got that right. Let's dive deep pod <laughs> at gmail.com if you also did the riddle, and you can let us know what the vials... I'm sure this is Googleable. Don't Google it. Figure yeah. it out yourself. If you Google it and send us your findings pretending that you found them, that's cheating. You need to read yeah. the book. We're gatekeeping our emails. <laughs> Read the book, look at the riddle, figure it out. Tell us if you have the same thing Rachel got. Yeah, I I really liked it. When I was younger, it was it seemed impossible. I didn't have the logic brain to figure that out when I was a kid. Um, but I like that if you actually if you try, you can place most of it. And I like that you, Hermione kind of gets two moments to shine in this whole like gauntlet of challenges. Um so good for her. I, I also I like, like the, just in retrospect, knowing that Snape is a poet and had to like write this, like in, yeah, in, in world, Severus Snape had to write this. Yeah. Or, or did he just like make a he, bunch uh, of potions and he just like gave them to Dumbledore? And yeah. Dumbledore like, can like, you, can we get the AI auto quill out here and write a fucking riddle for this <laughs> shit? Cause I'm not the best person for that. Yeah. The like, wizard GPT. All right. We're going to get into some dumb shit now. <laughs> Harry's okay. gonna Harry's gonna go into the other room, and we're, that's mm -hmm. the next chapter. But right before he goes in, it's time for a pep talk. This is where you want Hermione to be your team captain. My take that Hermione is a good team captain is being elevated here. She knows she needs to give Harry the pep talk. There's enough potion for one person. They're gonna have a plan. She's gonna go back with Ron and get Dumbly, and he's gonna go ahead and face whatever challenges are there. Um, and to do this, she needs to tell him he's a great wizard. Now, from a team captain's point of view, you want to hype your team up. And that's why she's saying this. Right? You want Harry to go in there feeling good. You don't want to go in and be like, 
you're a fucking idiot and you'll probably die without me, but do your best is not the right thing to say. However, I just want, I don't want to have an argument here. I just want the audience from the evidence presented to you in the first book up until this point, not the next chapter, up until this point, what specific magical things has Harry done that Hermione has witnessed to make her belief that Harry is a great wizard? My take is that she doesn't, and she knows this, but she needs to hype him up, and she's a good team captain. So it canonically makes sense either way. I can't think of a single thing Harry has done in this book to make me at all believe he's even a good wizard. Like, the whole point is that they're 11 and bad at this. And that Hermione is somehow very good at it, despite being 11. But just, he's not a good wizard. He didn't know about the Devil's Snare, and he was told that. And how to deal with it. Okay. I have two points. Sure. First, there's a lot that happens off the page. Uh, Hermione, like, tutors them specifically for all of their exams. She's deeply knowledgeable. <laughs> so Hermione knows he's a good wizard she knows, because she knows she's he's a good wizard transplanted also, her knowledge. Also, she fucking taught him. So if she's a good wizard, he must be a good wizard. But also... <laughs> like um, the transitive property? Yeah. Uh, but also... Um, they don't really use the term boys and girls, men and women at Hogwarts. And I'll apologize for like the gender binary of it, but they really just call them uh, wizards and witches. So I think it means something a little more to say, like, you're a good wizard. You're a good person. You are. Like, I, yeah, so you're bringing the Rachel special, which is like a more interpersonal yeah. take, whereas I'm looking for more of an external. Yeah, but I, I just think like they don't really use the term like boys and girls. I get you. Women, so what you're saying is Hermione is using the like the the. The, the, like, colloquial. The, like, the colloquial <laughs> wizard to mean yeah. you're a good person. You've got this. You believe in yourself. Like, I get you. You're strong and you can do this. Like, right, she's so pumping him up. I'm interpreting wizard as a strictly magical term. And you're interpreting mm -hmm. more as like a colloquial turn of phrase to just describe Harry because he is a wizard. And also a good person. And also, I get you. I get you. I'm not going to, yeah. I'm not going to dispute that. I think it's a valid reading of how the wizards use the word wizard. Mm -hmm. I just, Although, I yeah. just, I'm just still, I'm just fishing for evidence. Send me an email. A single yeah. thing Harry does in this book that isn't like flying that proves he's a great wizard. Well, now I want to think of one. I mean, like maybe he turned the mouse into a snuff box. But this is, it, but we don't know that. Like, I just want it's some evidence from this book at any point <laughs> where Harry is a great wizard. I mean, technically, flying is part of being a wizard. You can't just, like, discount that. Hermione's really bad at flying. I know. I know I can't just discount it. But we just did the flying challenge, so I'm kind of discounting it. Anyways, we're moving on. I just want those emails. Yeah. Let's dive at gmail.com. That's the end of the chapter. Who are who's your who are your winners? Who's winning? Okay, we, we, we disagreed on this one again. Um, I gave Harry the very close runner-up this week i know we don't really have runner-ups they don't count uh but he was if there is a second he was second uh my first place winner this uh this chapter is hermione um because realistically 
Harry is not the reason they made it through that gauntlet of challenges. Without not Hermione. Without Hermione. <laughs> not even a little bit. Yeah. Because so like, I think has... even in the challenge Harry's good at, Ron and Hermione would have caught the key eventually. Eventually, yeah. They figured out which one it was, or Ron would have been able to eventually identify it. Yeah. But without, and he went like galaxy brain and, and figured out that he had to go talk to Hagrid. Um, but without Hermione, they would have all fucking died. Without Hermione, Harry would have probably died twice. He probably would have drank poison. Um, also, she got a 112%, which is, I thought was impossible. So good on her. I think, you know, she talks a big game about how much she knows and how much she's able to do and how much studying she does. And you actually see why it's fucking useful here. And she's a badass, and I love her. So, Hermione. All right. I'm going to give it to Harry Potter. Yours is probably the correct winner. <laughs> but I'm trying to give Harry Potter the wins that I think he's up for, because my whole premise mm -hmm. is trying to see whether Harry Potter wins Harry Potter. And I yeah. don't want it to feel like I'm cooking the books against Harry. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So I think you're probably right, but I'm going to give this one to Harry just to prove that I'm not cooking the books. I'm giving it to Harry because this man achieves a level of consciousness that he will never achieve again until book seven when he needs to achieve it again. He has namasteed his way to the ethereal high spirit of fuck. I don't know what he is doing. I don't, he's operating on a different galaxy than everyone else. There are people who spend a lifetime looking for the level of consciousness <laughs> and awareness that Harry achieves in this chapter. It is unbelievable. <laughs> He's a winner. And like this isn't something he ever does again. In fact, he does the opposite so often, you have to wonder oh, yeah. how this happened. He just like, yeah, he used all of his ability points and then like, in the coming books, he had nothing left and he's right, like, uh-oh. He, he respect into Expelliarmus. Respect. <laughs> <laughs> right he, he rolled he rolled a 20 on the d20 and then it was a critical win and if he had rolled anything else he would have lost the entirety of book five is just a natural one that's exactly right he needed to roll a natural 20 he needed to roll the nat 20 19 and below he would have he would have rolled out and he, he got needed it like, and at least 13 on intuition and he just failed yeah yeah and then he fucking respect into patronuses and expelliarmus yeah and then at the last second but yeah, he he's on another. He's he's he just achieves yeah. enlightenment, and you have to win for that. Because at the end of the day, Hermione is probably the winner, but she's just being Hermione. This is just her natural state. I think if your natural state is being a badass, that's what so I'm saying. Like this is why I think she's the actual winner is because she's consistently. Yeah. She doesn't need to rely on these cheap tricks of the author to get you believe that hermione can do all this stuff you're like yeah. what the fuck level is harry operating at for this 10 minutes i will i will also say i didn't want to give it to harry in this chapter because i know i'm gonna give it to him in the next chapter and i was being defiant ah harry probably wins the next chapter oh he definitely he kills let's, a man let's just go no not in the book in the book he does not kill anyone in the in the movie he is a serial killer who enjoys murder but in this book he does not um, okay, Quirrell does not win. Voldemort does not win. Mm -mm. Dumbledore probably doesn't win. 
Although you can make an argument that his master plan is kicked off, but I think Harry probably wins the next chapter. Yeah. I mean, it's really going to look like cooking the books if I pick somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to look bad. All right. I think we can, I think we can pencil in <laughs> Harry for the next one as well. Okay. All right. Um, cool. Oh, you had a topic here that's quite interesting. What other tasks would you have picked for the teachers? That's interesting. Um, as a purely defensive thing, mandrakes would have been cool because if you didn't know that they yeah. were there and you didn't bring down the earmuffs, you'd be fucked. But if you, it's like one of those mm -hmm. perfect things that's sufficiently difficult as a defense deterrent, but so easy to get past if you knew it was there. That would have been cool. Yeah. And especially if they're like the baby ones that get set off by, um, they like loud noises and activity. You irritate them, they're just going to scream at you. So I was thinking mandrakes too. Yeah, that would have been cool. Um,. That's the only one that's really sticking out to me. The other ones I feel like are sufficient. I I feel like something much cooler could have been done with charms. Than the key, than charming I, the key? I wish I had like a much better idea of like what encompasses charms because it's such like a large area of magic. Yeah, I think the problem here though is the 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 idea is that like these like it's kind of contrived that Harry, Ron, and Hermione need to be good at these things. And so she's working backwards. Yeah. Like, there's no way McGonagall is transfiguring a chess set. There's no way that that's what she comes up with. JK just came up with that because Ron needs to be good at it. And it makes enough sense. So knowing that it's contrived, you could have done something cooler for all of them. I would keep the potion one the same, actually. So I have... Okay, I had two ideas. For transfiguration, I thought if you were going to go more literal... I spent a lot of time thinking about this. I feel like you would just put them in a room with a shit ton of stuff. And then one of the objects in that room is a door, which has been transfigured into something else, like probably a brick in the wall. Sure. Yeah. But you would have no idea which one it is. You'd have no idea how to change it. Maybe it's a rat that's like scurrying around the room, but not only do you have to catch the rat, you have to get the rat in the right place, and then you can turn it into a door. I thought that would be cool. Yeah, um, I, I think, I think to the, I mean, this is the problem is that these 11 year olds need to be able to solve it. Cause I think for the potion, yeah. you just use the Voldemort potion from book six. Yeah. Which requires like Voldemort, who cast the spell, can just nullify the potion. He doesn't yeah. have to drink it. But anyone else has to go through it's just gonna kill them. So like or like make them relive their work. You know what I mean? Like now that yeah. now that we've read the other books and we know that she's working backwards from like what eleven year olds can do, like we know that this is not the level of difficulty that could have been achieved. Yeah, I'm just thinking like what would have been like if you were actually trying to stop someone getting out or getting in. Although I do have a theory it's kind of the tail wagging the dog anyway because the best defense yeah. the stone has is none of this shit like it's just you could put anyone in the room and the mirror is the like yeah but the mirror does the best job at all these things yeah although i do okay question for you because i've already decided what my answer is do you think the troll is quarrel or do you think it's care of magical creatures do you think it's grubbly plank Oh, because if I were Dumbledore and I had like some semblance of the idea that Quirrell was untrustworthy, and we know that Snape told Dumbledore that Quirrell was untrustworthy, 
Like, I, uh, I... I think it's probably more care magical creatures because there's nothing dark artsy about a troll. About killing a troll. There's no... Trolls aren't dark. You don't need dark magic to... Yeah, so I, I thought, like, a cool alternative task for that would just be putting a hippogriff in the room. Yeah, you have to... It has to know that you're cool and you do the bow thing. Yeah. I'm into that. Yeah, but then also my question was, like, there's... That, that troll was, like, there all year long. Who's feeding it? Who's feeding the troll? Who's feeding the troll? And also, did they have to go through who's all of the tasks every time? Who's cleaning up the troll shit? Do they have to go yeah. through the tasks every time? These are all great questions, Rachel, that this children's book is not going to explain. This is what we're not delving into. It's just every time I ask a question, I then have another follow-up question. It's probably the lawyer in me. Um, but yeah, I thought like you, it's a kind of a fun um, exercise to try and figure out what you would have done. It makes it a little meaner if the intention is for the kids not to get through it at all. Because you definitely could have designed it so that children couldn't have gone through it. Yeah, I think. Also, we like there's the Dumbledore Giga Chad plan where it's like he needs Harry to get <laughs> through and fight Voldemort. And so it's like, yeah. it can't be that hard. But how do you explain like McGonagall, don't make it too hard. But why? It's like, well, I can't tell you, but just... Just chill. Just 11-year-olds got to be able to get through it if they have the smartest 11-year-old on planet Earth with them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They'll be fine. Totally fine. Very cool. Very legal. All right. Living, not living entities, uh, are other winners for this ethereal thing. I still need to come up with a name for this. The person pl or the place mm -hmm. thing concept theme. I went with teamwork. Look, if, if this chapter, I have fun ragging on this chapter for all the things I just love having a, having a bant about. But it's a great display of teamwork. The gang's getting together. They know each other's strengths. They know each other's weaknesses. They cover for each other. They step up when they need to. They know the things that they're good at. When Ron says, yo, I got this. I'm the chess person. Hermione and Harry don't go, but just wait. They just listen to Ron. Mm -hmm. When it's the flying one, they just point it out to Harry. He's got it. Ron does fly into the ceiling. But after that, he leaves it up to Harry, and it's great. You know, Harry's not fucking around with the potions. He knows Hermione's better at solving it. It's just a, they create synergy. They're better together than they all would have been separately, which is a mark of a good team. Is kind of created getting more out of the pieces than you would have. Mm -hmm. So it's a great teamwork chapter, and I love the depiction of effective teamwork between the trio. Yeah, I, I I'll be honest. I I read that before I wrote my notes, and then I then subsequently had a very hard time coming up with an answer that was different. Yours is uh, different. You so succeeded. I feel. I feel like I took a bit of an easy way out. I went with like the concept, I guess, of chess. Um, because just on, on multiple levels throughout this chapter, so many people are playing different games, trying to accomplish something. And I know we make jokes about 5D chess, but like chess is a game of strategy. So Quirrell is trying to get Dumbledore out of the castle. He's trying to get through all of these puzzles. He's trying to appease Voldemort. That's his goal. He needs a strategy for that. Uh, Snape is figuring out that Ron and Harry know something they shouldn't. He needs to figure out a way to make sure that doesn't happen. I'm not sure how successful he is at that. Um, and then obviously um, we have the game of chess itself, but then we have Harry, Ron, and Hermione using each other for their strengths to accomplish specific ends which is something that you would do in a game of chess like if someone's across the board you're not going to send a pawn you're going to send your rook or your bishop 
so knowing which pieces need to go where and when they need to do that. Uh, so like, it's just about knowing when to put your best pieces forward for the right challenge. So I thought that would be an interesting idea for this chapter as a whole. And also I couldn't pick teamwork again. So I went with chess. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. We are an hour and 12 minutes on philosophy. <gasps> what are we even going to do in book six? Like for the cave, we're going to be talking uh, for like nine hours. We are actually we are actually going to have to get to the point where we do these in parts. Yeah. These chapters are six pages long. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, we get all of next book is short chapters. All of Azkaban is short chapters until the end, and they're not even that long. So it's really book four where we have to worry. We'll have to start paraphrasing. Yeah, we're going to be good until Real book bad. four. <laughs> but once we get there, it's going to be a problem. All right. If you enjoyed this podcast, like it, leave us a review, email us about anything you've heard, except for all the things I asked you not to email about, because I already know that I'm wrong for whatever it is you're about to email about. Uh, there's a Twitter and a Facebook and a bunch of stuff in the description below. Uh, next up will be the final chapter of this book where Harry does not murder a professor. But then... Before we get on to book two, we will watch the first movie and compare and contrast with the movie, which Harry does murder his professor. So <laughs> we're going to do that. And then we'll be on to book two. And hopefully we won't take a year break in between doing those things. If you enjoyed this episode, I hope you'll tune in for the next one. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.